The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Athletical Physical Therapy and CDW. Back in our regular Thursday schedule at the moment anyway. It's been a while since we've been with you since then. I'm Jeff Joniak along with Tom Thayer, WBBM Bears broadcast crew, welcoming you into another edition of Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy with our producer Adam Stazinski helping us out in our score studios. Jordan Treadup, Dan Brilli, our Bears producers as well. We'll be able to preview tomorrow night's Bears-Bucks game at Soldier Field. Tom, you excited? Oh, I can't wait. You know, I think when anytime you're a football team and you have an opportunity to rebound from a result that you had last Sunday, you couldn't look for a bigger stage. You couldn't look for a bigger opponent. So I think if this is a team that's starving to get away from what happened last Sunday, Jeff, man, you're the only sto- you're the only show in, in town. Yeah, that's the case, no doubt. Thursday night football. Uh, we're going to break it down as well with the radio color analyst, Tom Thayer's counterpart in Tampa, the former NFL tight end and long snapper Dave Moore will join us in our next segment. We're going to hear from Alan Robinson, chunk of our interview with him that airs on Bears Game Day Live tomorrow night at 6 o'clock on Fox. And then uh, an old bear we had a good time watching play here in Chicago, Roosevelt Colvin at the bottom of the hour will join us from Indianapolis as well. Hit the injury news real quick here, Tom. Down two DBs now. Deion Bush out with a hamstring. Sherrick McManus injured himself in the special teams with a groin injury. So they're out. And Darnell Mooney's questionable, the rookie wide receiver who's impressing everybody with his shoulder. Yeah, you know, it's unfortunate. I hope Darnell Mooney is well enough to go. But if a guy like Javon, Javon Wims gets some more reps, I would be excited to see that. I think he and Nick develop a really good relationship in training camp. And then when you look at Sheriff McManus, it really uh, hurts the core special teams. That's where really he fits. That's where he fits into this team best. And Deion Bush, it's going to be a challenge now to defensive coordinators because you don't have that extra package that you had that Deion Bush was being inserted maybe in place of a linebacker during passing downs. All right. It, it seemed to be very fruitful, too. It picked off a pass a couple of weeks ago as well. Tampa really hurting at receiver. Chris Godwin not going to play again. He's been out now the last three games. Justin Watson, another receiver out with a chest injury. No Shady McCoy. Uh, Fournette is doubtful, Tom, with an ankle. So, But they got a a lot around them. And Mike Evans is questionable with an ankle. I'm certain he'll play. Scotty Miller, the uh, Barrington High School product, who's a very impressive player, uh, using that speed, perfect type of of receiver for Tom Brady. Tom, out of that slot, picking up first downs, getting moving the chains on first downs with his speed. He's he's got a hip and groin injury as well. You know, he's probably fifth in line out of that position throughout Tom Brady's career that has really left a mark in the league for himself. Scotty Miller, 5'9", 174 pounds. But he has a demonstration of quickness that it's it's difficult to cover. And if you give Tom Brady time behind the line of scrimmage, he's a guy that could go for significant yards and big, big plays. Yes, and uh, Mr. Brady likes to pick away at mismatches. He likes defensive coordinator Chuck Pagano knows it very well. We've got to stop the run. We've got to get pressure on him. Uh, somehow, some way, they've done a great job of protecting him this year. They've only given up five sacks, uh, so it's it's hard. And the ball's coming out, and he knows where to go with it. It's always a huge challenge anytime anytime you face him, and you kind of got to figure out what their plan is for the day, who's available, who they have available, um, you know, who's got the hot hand for him, who's his go-to guy. 
um, we have our ideas, but then, uh, you know, we'll see come game time what unfolds. And, and no O.J. Howard. He uh, ripped up his Achilles, ruptured his Achilles, so he's out. So Gronk hasn't really been that involved in it. Cameron Braid hasn't had many opportunities. So it'll be interesting what they do. Well, I think we'll tell the story. During your description, during the game on Thursday night, every single time they throw the ball, if you say Brady sets back, sets his feet, throws the ball, the Bears aren't going to win. Hmm. you got a 43-year-old quarterback that you better put some type of uncomfortable pressure in his face and his mechanics. Now, if you're saying Brady drops back, avoiding a rusher, Brady dropping back, shuffles three feet to his right, three feet to his left, then the Bears are winning. If he moves the ball, two gets in the red zone, spraying it around. Nine different guys have caught red zone passes, and you take your pick. I mean, it's backfield, it's tight end, it's wide receiver, and six different guys with touchdowns. All right, coming up next, we'll talk to the analyst for the Tampa Bay Bucks on radio, former NFL tight end Dave Moore. It's coming up next on Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Welcome back to Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, and pleased to be joined by Dave Moore, the radio analyst for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and a former Buccaneers player. 15 years in the National Football League, also with Miami and Buffalo, and a pro bowler in his final season. And Tom loves the idea that you the more you can do, Big Dave, and I know you were a long snapper as well, <laughs> but that, that turned out to be your final game in the NFL was the Pro Bowl, wasn't it? It was. And, you know, it's funny. I never was a long snapper in high school or college. Uh, but my senior year in college, Paul Hackett was the head coach. And he told me, hey, if you can figure out how to do this, you can prolong your career uh, once you get to the NFL. So I played tight end for 12, and I didn't really become a full-time snapper until year 13. So it actually worked uh, exactly like he described Hey, Dave, so let's talk about the evolution of both positions, the tight end position and the long snapper. So if you would have had a 15-year career exclusively at a long snapper, would your body have changed? But if you had an exclusive, you know, uh, 10-year at the tight end position, would your body have changed? Uh, (laughs) My my body would feel a heck of a lot better if I did nothing but snap, especially with the rule these days where you can't line up on the center. Uh, you know, I, I did the long snap, and when they put the three biggest defensive linemen in there with linebackers pushing them from behind. But even when I did snap full-time, um, John Gruden liked to save that roster spot. So I still practiced with the tight ends. I actually played uh, in every ball game at tight end. I just wasn't starting anymore. So um, I did get the full 15-year effect on the body. I also played fullback a couple years early in my career, so that didn't help my neck or my back or anything else. So what do you think about the tight end position for Tampa Bay? You know, they bring in Gronk, which really surprised me. I didn't – I still don't know if he's going to have the influence on this football team that he did in New England, obviously a lot younger, probably a little bit healthier. But when you think of Cameron Braid and you think of where O.J. Howard was in his development, even though he's injured, is is this a tight end position that – it means a lot to Tom Brady, or does it, or does it mean a lot to Bruce Arians? Well, I think it was an opportunity. Gronkowski, you know, said that he still wanted to play, and there were some rumors throughout the off season that uh, the, the Bucks were going to trade OJ Howard. So, with that uncertainty of what they were deciding to do with him, uh, they had an opportunity to get Gronkowski, who obviously is a, a big guy, a big target. 
He blocks well. Uh, O.J. Howard is another big target. This past week when they played the Chargers, you saw all three of those tight ends in the ball game, but in a spread formation. So when you're, you know, trying to game plan defensively against the Bucks, and you see three big tight ends coming in the ball game, you're thinking run, but then they wind up with empty backfield. They get them in a bunch formation out wide, and they're running routes like a wide receiver, and they're all six five, six six, and it creates some significant mismatches, especially if you're going to leave your run stop personnel in the game. So, gives them a lot of options offensively. Uh, they do have a very stacked position. Um, I'm sure they're spending a lot of money at that position as well. Um, but, you know, Gronkowski, he still makes plays. He made a big catch in a key situation uh, on a drive to take the lead this past week coming from behind. And, you know, he didn't run by anybody. He's just so big uh, that he was just able to muscle the ball, um, get it in traffic, and, and pick up a big first down. So, they use him in the run game. He's starting to get more involved with the passing game. O.J. Howard uh, just got hurt, and he has an Achilles issue, so he, he probably won't be around. But the good news is they have multiple guys at that position like they do wide receiver. But um, it is it was a little surprising that they did it, but uh, everybody was happy about it, and they've been happy about it uh, all preseason. Dave Moore, the former so, – Dave Moore, the former Buccaneers tight end, now radio analyst for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, joining us here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score with Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer. Got to talk about our, our local product, the Naperville Central High School star, Cameron Brait. And uh, I don't know if this is good news or bad news. Depends how you look. But he's caught you now in career touchdown passes. You guys, each, with 20, each with 28. But he's done it as an undrafted out of Harvard. And, I, you know, it's, it's been a great career for Cameron Bray. Tell us uh, how he's evolved over the years with the Bucks, and now with a, a quarterback of this caliber, even at the age of 43, uh, his opportunities would seem to be uh, continue to skyrocket. Well, he, he's made some big plays. And he was a guy. Dirk Cutter liked him. Uh, he was an undrafted guy. He was on the practice spot. Then he signed with New Orleans for a game and then came back. And due to some injuries, he had the opportunity to play and made some really big catches in key situations and earned himself a starting spot and a nice contract there. And, you know, that's one of the things this offseason, the question was going to be what were they going to do with Cameron Bray because you drafted O.J. Howard in the first round, you bring in Gronkowski. But he's playing more of an H-back type role in this particular group right now, but he caught his first touchdown of the season uh, last week, and uh, you know, it kind of helped them get going. It was the first touchdown of the game when they were playing from uh, behind, so it's good. I mean, he's a heck of a player. He's a big guy, and he's worked extremely, extremely hard on his blocking, because that initially was one of the question marks, whether or not he was going to be able to be that all-around tight end, or one of those guys that you you line them up and, and send them down the field out wide. Hey, Dave, super impressed with your offensive line and their approach at the line of scrimmage. Who's complimented the most? Is it the O-line complimenting Brady, or is it Tom Brady complimenting the offensive line? Well, you know, the offensive line, they started out the first game wasn't their best, uh, but they've improved, uh, you know, significantly. They probably by far played their best game against the Chargers. And to answer your question, I think when you have a quarterback like Tom Brady behind you, you are not going to be the guy that the camera's on that gave up a sack to let the guy get hit. 
and potentially hurt at 43. So I think the fact that you have Tom Brady down there or back behind these guys uh, really has elevated all of their play uh, and their sense of urgency to make sure he has the time he needs. Tom Kent, he, he's got, you know, a love affair, obviously, with the offensive line being a decade-long <laughs> guard and a very good one at that, but he can't pry his he, – he, he called me three times yesterday – uh, Dave and said, "Hey, you, man, this offensive line, this offensive line." So I, I know we're in for a tussle. We had a tussle with the Colts, and it was a trench war. And I think this will be the same. And I keep looking at your defense because it's a it's a wow on the defense as well because you got three sturdy guys in the front for the three four, and then you got a couple of pass rushers of note and two really active linebackers. Uh, Levante David is is put together quite the career and is is still making plays. Uh, and in an interesting young secondary uh, with uh, my guy Antoine Winfield Jr. Because, you know, I always call his dad the toughest pound-for-pound player in the NFL. And maybe yeah. Antoine is on that track. Fill us in. But he is, I tell you. Uh, for him to come in and you think about it, he drafted and no rookie minicamp, no OTAs. He's doing stuff by Zoom and, and learning the playbook from a distance and then he's able to come in and start at safety and then uh, two weeks ago there was an injury at corner with Murphy Bunting and he stepped down and played the slot corner so this kid's really come in and been extremely impressive Uh, he talks to his dad every day they kind of break down film together on FaceTime Uh, Antoine Winfield Sr. uh, was a teammate of mine when I played in Buffalo and he was a true professional he's a heck of a football player um but really just impressive. The group in general, one of the big things they wanted to do in the offseason was keep that interior line together and that front seven. You know, the DBs are young. About halfway through the year last year, things started to click, um, and they played very well. And then with the addition of Winfield coming in, it's kind of completed that defensive backfield and super young group of guys, but they're playing well. But up front, there's a bunch of free agents. They went out and got Sue back at Vita Vea drafting the first round, who does a really good job. And then Shaq Barrett, where they got from Denver, went out and obviously led the league in sacks. And then JPP missed a bunch of games at the beginning of last year with a broken neck. And he came in and in his first game got a sack. And it's a pretty good force there with two very active linebackers. Devin White's in his second year. He's the compliment guy to Levante David. And he had a 15-tackle game the first game of the year. And he's doing nothing but getting better. So they're excited to watch. They do take some chances. And they get that feast or famine style of defense when they do the all-out blitz. And they got beat a couple times this past week on some big plays. Uh, but when they you know, can get to the quarterback, when they choose to pressure them, um, they're tough to stop. And then they cause a lot of turnovers. Dave, let's talk about the other side of the ball because the Bears fans are starving for sacks. And you think of Khalil Mack, you think of Akeem Hicks, and I won't mention Robert Quinn yet, but I want to talk about your your right tackle who's a rookie. Is this a guy that needs to be protected if he's facing an enemy like Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack? Or do they feel confident that they can put him on an island and then maybe focus a little attention on the other side when Robert Quinn is in the game? Yeah, and that's, I tell you what, we haven't mentioned his name very much, and that's very good for our offensive line. But uh, he did a great job getting out on the edge on the run blocker last week. But his pass protection is solid. So all of uh, the other offensive linemen, Tom Brady as well, have done nothing but compliment him uh, being able to, again, as a rookie first-round pick, 
not a whole lot of reps come in. He's extremely athletic and he's done a great job. So I'm going to believe they're, they're going to let him uh, be out there initially. They might line up a tight end over there just to, you know, slow the rusher down a hair, uh, just get max face before they get in their route. But I, I don't see them uh, spending a lot of time leaving tight ends in to help them unless they absolutely have to. But so far, he hasn't had any issues uh, protecting the quarterback and, you can't say that about too many rookies in their first year at offensive line against a lot of the rushers that, you know, he's seen and is going to see. Our remaining moments with Dave Moore, the radio analyst for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Jeff and Tom with you on Bears All Access. Uh, real quick, we always ask the uh, the opposing view as you do your preparation and research on the Bears. What are your key points that you uh, are interested in seeing and, and determining how the Bears match up against the Bucks. Well, lad, this past week, it's, it's the offensive line that you guys were talking about. The offensive line of the Bucks really did a good job and played a complete game, both a run and pass. Um, where the Bucks get in trouble is when they can't run the football. Uh, they get in those third and long situations. You get behind in the down and distance. So, I'm really looking to see how the offensive line does against the front seven of the the Bears and see if they can control the line of scrimmage. And, you know, the Bears traditionally are pretty darn good up front. And, um, you know, it's going to be a physical game. But if the Bucks want to be able to move the ball, they're, they're going to have to open some holes for uh, Ronald Jones and if Fournette's back, um, him as well. So, uh, you know, we talk about Tom Brady, all the receivers, all the weapons that they have offensively here in Tampa, but um, and ultimately the success of the offense revolves about, around being able to run the football, and that's where uh, we're going to see early uh, how they can handle that front seven of, of your Bears. You know, Dave, we I know Tom Brady throughout the course of his career. He had the opportunity to work with Randy Moss in the later parts of his career. But has Tom Brady ever seen or been around a wide receiver like Mike Evans? Well, yeah, Randy Moss, Moss is a pretty darn good one. Uh, but Mike Evans is a guy that doesn't matter if he's covered or not, and, and we're seeing it as this season progresses a little bit, that he just is learning to trust him, and he just throws a ball if, if he's covered, if he has a spot to throw behind Mike Evans and get him to stop, or he'll throw it right at the back of the corner's head and give him an opportunity to go and make a play, you know, those 50-50 jump ball type things. But his range is exceptional. Um, his hands are exceptional. And uh, it doesn't matter if he's covered or not. There just comes a point in the game where he's just going to let it rip. And that's, that comes with trust and communication. And uh, they're gaining that. So they're getting better and better every week. But Mike Evans is certainly something special uh, out on the field uh, just because of, of his ability to come up with that football with guys hanging on him and everything else. Heck of a matchup against Kyle Fuller and rookie Jalen Johnson at cornerback. All right, before we let you go, we always go in the way back machine a little bit. So you and Tom have a, a, a few things in common. One, you both played for Dan Marino with Dan Marino. Uh, I'm thinking short on both of you guys, and uh, you both tried to block Reggie White. Uh, how successful were both of you? <laughs> Give us you some stories. So I need some stories, Dave. I, I tell you that that's hilarious. You say that because everybody's like, you know. Did you ever block Reggie White? I said, I attempted to many times. <laughs> now, listen, they were, they were in our division, and we played them twice a year. And I 
would throw in motion, trying to block him. I'd be on the line of scrimmage, trying to block him. I lined up the fullback, trying to block him. I got into his body one time. I felt him give a little bit, and then he reset his hands and just walked me backwards. So <laughs> the one thing you definitely didn't want to do is get him mad. So you would try to block him the best you could, but if you you know kind of caught him or tried to cut him, forget it. He'd have three sacks and uh, block a punt. But he uh, he did that to some of our offensive linemen. Uh, one of our offensive tackles got him mad, and as I was walking back to the huddle, he's reciting scripture from the Bible. And I got back to the to the huddle, and I said to the offensive lineman, I said, what would you do to him? He goes, man, I, I tried to cut him, and I, I pissed him off. And he did. He had a sack on second down, a sack on third down, and he blocked the punt and defense safe. Oh, so we learned quickly that, you know, you do the best you can, but when he wanted to come, he didn't care who you were, you weren't going to stop him. Yeah, you know, I, I remember that. That was one of the preach points of our offensive linemen is don't make Reggie mad. <laughs> he's going to make his plays, but if you take him off, he's going to make every play. Right, and that's the thing about it is just don't make Reggie mad. Do everything legal within the rules. Get your body in front of him and let him walk you back to the quarterback, but don't make him mad. Good <laughs> luck the rest of the season. You too, guys. Great talking. Dave Moore, the radio analyst of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, will take a break here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. Choose clean energy for your home at IGS.com because every good choice adds up to a better world. Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer here on Bears All Access. We'll be joined shortly by former Chicago Bear outside linebacker and a really good pass rusher in his NFL career. Roosevelt Colvin will go back in the way back machine a little bit. And, uh, you know, Tommy, he won two Super Bowls with the Patriots, so he knows Tom Brady. Some insight for his arrival at Soldier Field. Not that we need any at this point, seeing 21 years of greatness. Yeah, you know what? I tell you, Roosevelt Colvin kind of burst on the scene and showed an innate ability to get to the quarterback as a pass rusher. And then you start developing your skills, and then you develop a repertoire of moves. And, you know, he was able to morph along with the game and his responsibilities when he went to New England. Interesting talking to Dave Moore because he wants to see, you know, how his offensive line is going to stack up and if our our line is going to be able to stop their running game. Uh, that'll be an interesting dynamic in the Bears running game. Certainly a big topic of conversation. Matt Nagy this week. There's some change there schematically in what we're doing. And again, that's part of the patience that we got to have uh, versus some of the defenses that we're going to see, the fronts, the, the, the personnel that these teams have. What you have to do is you have to make sure that you as coaches, um, that you guys as players, all know that we just we got to stick together. And when you have a game like that where you're just not producing a lot of production in the run game, um, you can't abandon it. I, I've said it all along that you, you need to be able to, to, to run the football. Um, and there's going to be some games where you have a lot more rushes than others. That happened to be a game there where we just were struggling to get it going. I, I have I have a lot of confidence in our guys. I, I know our guys, uh, that offensive line, tight ends, and running backs are excited to get back out there. And, again, we're, we're facing a pretty formidable defense here against the run in Tampa Bay. These guys uh, are pretty salty. So we're going to have our hands full, and it's going to be a great challenge. But we play this game to play against the best and, and to be challenged in the handle of adversity. Yeah, there's Matt Nagy. Tough, tough front for the Bears to deal with tomorrow, and they do not allow a lot of yards in the run game, just like the Indianapolis Colts the year before. And to Indianapolis we go, and we reconnect with uh, one of our old pals here from Chicago, outstanding Bears player, a fourth-round pick back in 99, 
the Purdue grad, Rosie Colvin, joining the program. Thanks for taking some time, man. We were thinking about you, and I said, you know, give him a call. Maybe he'll, he'll chat a little bit about Bears football, past, present, and future, and uh, a little Tom Brady talk. How you doing, Rosie? I'm good, man. Good to hear from you guys. Yeah, it's been a bit. It's been a bit. Uh, your days included some uh, terrific uh, seasons rushing the passer for the Bears. And, you know, you and Tom Brady are the same age. You know that, right? 43 years old. How come you're not playing? Dude, you, 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 can't put, you can't put people's ages out on the national radio like that. <laughs> I gotta uh, look you up on Wikipedia. Oh, yeah, Wikipedia. Like, like nobody can edit that. But anyway, um, uh, yeah, Tom is the same age as me, and I presume that I'm, I'm, I'm not playing because he probably was a little bit better than I was at the age of 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, all the way up to 43. So, uh I'm enjoying myself as I as a fan right now, so I'm doing okay. But realizing that and how you wake up every morning, I don't know what you're doing, you know, in terms of your uh, athletic endeavors at the moment. I know you got four kids, so you're doing a lot with them. But to think about that body rolling out there every Sunday at the age of 43, could you put that in context to, for what <laughs> how you feel now as a retired player? Yeah, I, I I think about you know just waking up from my daily naps how I feel and. <laughs> Um, to, to to have to continue to go to practice and uh, and to lift and do all those things that that you know older guys you know, have to do to maintain and keep up with these young guys is pretty amazing. Um, Tom's on that you know that TB12 program that he started a few years back that um, has been really really beneficial for him. And uh, I saw it on a day to day basis when I was in Foxborough with them and with the Patriots. You know, it's a it's a grind. And we call it being an edger. You know, he's he's always you know trying to get the edge, and uh, it, it's a it's a tremendous uh, salute to you know his career and what he's done thus far. Hey, Rosie, it's good to talk to you. This is Tom there. Um, you know, one thing I really wanted to ask you because I don't think we've ever had a chance to ask anybody who's been in a relate or has been as close to the Patriots as you have. So Belichick and Brady, when they separated, who's most responsible for the success of the New England Patriots? Man, you know, you know, a lot of people ask me that specifically here in Indianapolis because they hate Josh because he he backed out on, and uh, you know, they they feel like they feel slighted. But um, they asked me that because you know, because of the separation this year with Tom going to Tampa, and they said you know everybody was interested to see who was going to be more successful without the other. I think you know they have definitely grown together over the years. I would say uh, Tom has really benefited from you know Bill's you know, encyclopedia-esque, you know, knowledge when it comes to football and defenses, uh, being that he's a quarterback. And then I would say Bill has been, you know, been, you know, has benefited from time playing at a high level and want to play at a high level. But I think what a lot of people don't see, don't credit, are those that are outside of Tom and Bill. And I know, you know, firsthand knowledge of uh, a long list of coaches, uh, a long list of players, that have contributed to that Patriots way, that, that, that mantra of, you know, we have a, a call and this is how we're going to do it. And I think, you know, Tom is, you know, you know, I would say grown enough to stand on his own two feet and take, you know, bits and pieces of that, you know, to where he's gone, and obviously in Tampa. And obviously Bill's going to continue to do his thing there in New England. I think they're, you know, they're, they both have, you know, moved to a point in their careers where, um, they respect each other, um, but I, I, I can't really say which one uh, would, would be more, you know, more, uh, you know, without.
the other just because I think they both put in a ton of work on a daily basis to be as good as they can be in the positions that they're in. All right, Rosie, then I'm going to put you in the shoes of a defensive coordinator. What's your philosophy mm-hmm. on how to handle Tom Brady? Uh, you're playing against Tom. You know, obviously he's he's one of those, you know, those uh, Statue of Liberty quarterbacks. He's going to be in the pocket, so you know where he's going to be. The key to him is moving him off the spot. You know, you can't let him stand in the pocket. you got to get pressure up the middle. You can't let him step up, slide up, or slide around to, you know, find, you know, uh, open receivers. You know, he's different to playing a mobile quarterback. Playing mobile quarterbacks, you you know, you can have an average group of receivers because, you know, a mobile quarterback is going to move around in the pocket, create space and time for his receivers to get open, and then he can just drop it to him a soft pass. You know, pocket quarterbacks, you got to have route runners, and you got to have guys that are going to catch balls that are in tight spaces. And if Tom doesn't have that, you know, it's frustrating for him. And that's what you saw last year. Um, you know, obviously going to Tampa, he's, you know, I think he's upgraded his wide receiver core. Um, but, you know, if he gets protection, it's, it's going to be a long day. And uh, you got to cover. So I would say get him off the spot. you got to put, you know, if you can rush four and cover, uh, or if you can rush three, but getting him off that spot is going to be key. If you can get you know, if you can make a move, get a little pressure on him, get him rattled early. It'll, it'll benefit you well um, down the stretch. Former Chicago Bears linebacker Rosie Colvin, a fourth-round pick in 99 with the Bears. Our guest this segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by Microsoft Surface and CDW. People who get it, learn more at CDW.com. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, and Rosie, uh, who uh, had some great seasons with the Bears, those double-digit sack years, consecutive years. Believe it or not, there's only been a few in Bears history, and you were one of them, Richard Dent. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's – it's you know, you grew up a Bears fan, if I'm not mistaken. So to put on the uniform, come out of Indy, and then have a, a career that included a couple of rings with the Patriots, I mean, do you feel your entire resume and experience as an NFL player maybe even surpassed your own expectations? I would say um, I would agree with that, not because I didn't have high ex- expectations of myself, but just because I never yearned to be a professional football player. You know, I was uh, – in high school, I snuck out for the football team. Well, in junior high, I snuck out for the football team. I played in high school just because it was fun. Got a scholarship to Purdue, and I was okay with that. And I was good, cool with just trying – you know, getting four years in, getting going in my career, career ahead without any debt. Got drafted. Got to Chicago and saw how rough it was for Barry Mentor and Sean Harris and those guys. Dale Lindsay was our our uh, our position coach, and it was like boot camp. And I was like, me, Ward Holman, Carly Samuel all came in that year, uh, and we all said, man, we're going to play three years and we're done. And um, it it worked out a little bit differently. You know, uh, that, that second year, they kind of lit a fire under me, you know, drafting that one guy, you know, that's in the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, I think it was, I think his name is Brian Erlacher. And so, you know, his, his situation resolved in me, you know, playing a little bit better my second year, third and fourth year, like you said, those two double digit sack, sack seasons, the infamous, you know, unchecked box situation with Ward's contract presented me an opportunity, um, you know, to, to, to hit the free agent market. And, uh, I would have loved to stay in Chicago. I mean, I love, my sister still lives in the area, um, you know, every time I come into the city, there was one. There's one person that always says, "Man, are you Roosevelt Colvin?" And I say to myself, "How in the world is my name still relevant in the city?" And uh, I like the pictures on Instagram that they take of the city, so I, I'm still connected in a lot of ways. My 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 um, um my my family, 
loves the the, the trip up there. So uh, it, 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 Chicago was really good to me. I wish I could have played more years and been able to experience the lovely uh, years. But uh, at the end of the day, I had a great opportunity to go to New England, and uh, it did it did well for me. You know, Rosie, when you think of guys like yourself or Rob Nikovic or some of the sack, the guys that had double-digit sacks along the way in New England, what is it about that system that allows you guys to flourish from that position and, you know, do you guys have multiple sack years? Well, I think the number one thing you got to recognize, Tom, is that we're Purdue guys. I mean, anybody that goes <laughs> yeah. to Purdue is going to excel at rushing the passer. But uh, I, I think Bill – you know, again, does a tremendous job in finding guys that fit his system, that fit the the mold, the thought process. And you know, I, when I went out there to New England, man, it was man. We played the Bears in preseason. That was that was the year they had uh, Cordell Stewart had transferred over to had came in, uh, and we played the Bears in preseason. And I was living. I'm, I was like, man, I'm gonna give these guys. I'm gonna have 15 sacks in a preseason game, um, and. And it's just, and I was, you know, for me, Bill was like, man, you know, you, I'm looking at you like the next LT. I'm like, really, Lawrence Taylor? Okay, let's go get it. And then, you know, I break my hip and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, I think Bill does a great job in recruiting guys, signing guys that fit the system and fit what he's looking for. He, you know, he, like I told you, like I said, he's an encyclopedia of football, and uh, he's just really just reinventing the game. Not necessarily doing different things, but you know, he's bringing stuff from the past back that people aren't doing. He's, you know, shuffling rosters and shuffling types of, you know, players. I'm, uh, this year I was, I'm really interested to see how, you know, he would do with this COVID situation. Everybody is, you know, is, 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 um, is on edge with that. But um, I, I, I think it has a lot to do with, you know, the player that he brings in, not to brag about myself. I feel pretty good about myself, but there are a lot of guys that go out there that buy into the system, understand the dynamics. You learn football out there. Uh, you learn the difference between the organization you came from or the school you came from, and you learn why the Patriots have been so good for so long. The former teenage concession stand member at the RCA <laughs> Dome in Indianapolis then became an NFL player with 52 and a half sacks and a couple of rings. Roosevelt Colvin, our remaining moments with you. Uh, that that is something that a lot of kids. I mean, it's a message in there, right? I mean, if you, I mean, you were eight years old when the Bears won the Super Bowl. If my math's right, and, and you were a big fan of Walter and and Jim McMahon and Willie Gott, and, and assuredly Tom Thayer, uh, you had to be right. <laughs> always, you know? always the right guy. <laughs> I mean, I mean, but yeah, it's it's that's a cool story. And now you know you're a great dad who's very busy with. Uh, kids that are developing athletes, you got a daughter playing volleyball at Purdue, if I'm not mistaken, right? And uh, your son, Miles, what's his story? Yeah, so Raven, I, that's where I was coming from. Raven is a senior at Heritage Christian here in Indianapolis. She'll be at Purdue next year okay. uh, for a volley, on a volleyball scholarship. Um, and then my youngest, is his, uh, we call him Young Miles, he's he's a 15-year-old sophomore phenom. Um, the kid is uh, he's growing and developing into something that, I just, you know, I, I could only fathom as a as a 15-year-old kid. He's doing stuff that I just, I can't see uh, myself doing at that age. But um, he's, you know, really, really humble. He's getting attention from some major universities. He's got a, a, a huge letter the other day, a recruitment letter uh, from a couple couple schools. I'll keep those anonymous. But at the end of the day, man, um, I'm enjoying being a dad. As you mentioned, I was I was young, young when the Bears won the Super Bowl. The Colts didn't come to town for a while, so you know I remember the Fog Bowl, and I remember um, I would have to call him Mr. Thayer at that time. You know, watching <laughs> the Super Bowl and those those situations, and, and uh, the fridge 
Um, just because you know we didn't have. I mean, W Channel Nine, which is which is I asked somebody, I was like, how did Channel Nine? How were they broadcast across the country? Like, why didn't every state have a Channel Nine? So I was able to see all those games. Um, you know, um, the home run king. I was a huge Cubs fan. Although they didn't, they never, they never showed the White Sox, but they showed the Cubs all the time. And so um, Chicago and the state of Illinois has been a, a huge, you know, part of my childhood and where I am today. And um, you know, like, and like you mentioned, man, I'm, I'm enjoying life being being a dad. So I'm, I'm, I'm very blessed. Appreciate your time. Now, if I, I'm correct, Miles is a, is a hooper, right? So this is we're talking basketball. Yeah, yeah he's playing basketball. Okay. He, he, we pulled him for football. Pulled him for football. All right. Well, <laughs> good luck with that. Good luck with everything. I know you got a lot of business uh, interests as well in the Indianapolis area. Your wife's uh, sweet shop going well, I'd imagine. Uh, send some cupcakes our way, will you? Good to talk to you, Rosie. <laughs> They're on the way, sir. You guys have a good evening. Roosevelt Colvin, coming Thanks, back. Rosie. We'll talk more on Bears. And Buccaneers tomorrow, starting at 420 with a pregame on WBBM kickoff at 720 from Soldier Field. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Hey, Bears fans, it's important to stay connected now more than ever. And at Motorola, we love making that possible with a new Razor. You can enjoy staying connected a little bit more. It's a phone. It's an accessory. It's an icon reinvented. Hello, Moto. Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer. Bears and Bucks tomorrow night. Looking forward to it. Primetime game, all the bright lights in the big city. Uh, real quick on Rosie Colvin, it was great of him to pick up the phone and, and join us tonight. But he, every time somebody mentions Dale Lindsay, I, I chuckle because they called him Sergeant Slaughter. He, he was he was a right. bad man, and I say that in a great way because he was rough on those guys. And when he brought up all those linebacker names, I remember every one of them. And those guys, after practice, I mean, they, they felt – they felt like they, didn't, they, they weren't good at anything by the time you got done with them. But it was to coach them up so hard. You had to be able to take hard coaching from Dale Lindsey, who was a, an outstanding linebacker in his own right for in the NFL. Anybody that sits in the locker room, you better have thick skin. And Dale Lindsey only wanted the best for those guys. He was able to turn them into all pros and Hall of Famers across the board. And you see some of the output that these linebackers had that there wasn't a lot expected of them. Hey, I have a lot of respect for Dale Lindsay, and it's the t- it's the personality of coaches that I grew through the NFL with. So we got uh, Allen Robinson uh, going up against a Tampa Bay defense that uh, has a very young secondary, Tom, but a heck of a front seven. Before we we got a little piece of an interview we did with him for our Fox show tomorrow, game day live at six o'clock on Fox. Uh, just that matchup, because now he's had a couple of games a game and a half with Nick Foles to develop more of that chemistry, and uh, he's got 100-plus in each of these games. Uh, I know some of it was in what would be referred to as, as uh, catch-up time or whatnot, but it, it all is important right now. Every bit of it matters. Yeah, and I think one of the unique thing about having two veterans like Nick and like Allen Robinson, they can improve during a conversation practice week like this week. They can get a better understanding of – what Allen expects when he gets in a certain position against the defensive back or where he's willing to throw it on certain types of routes. Look, at their tallest defensive back is 6'1". Allen Robinson is going to be able to catch and go up to their height with any one of them. So Allen Robinson should be a, a weapon that uh, Nick Foles should throw to as many times per game as he feels the need. All right, now number three in the league in targeted passes with 41. Here's a portion of my interview with Allen Robinson for Game Day Live tomorrow on Fox. How do you envision the next three quarters of the season going for the Chicago Bears? 
Um, I foresee it going very well for us. You know, again, I, I, I tell everybody, I think the toughest time of a season is the first quarter. And I believe that because you're coming out of training camp typically for this year, especially being a little bit different, not really being able to get as many reps and things like that as you want to. But as a team in that first quarter, you're still trying to figure yourself out. You know, you're trying to figure yourself out. You're still trying to figure other teams out and things like that. So whenever you can go three and one in the first quarter of a season, I think that you put yourselves in a very good position. You know, again, I mean, for us, obviously we wanted to go four and oh, but you know, going three and one, you know, putting ourselves in a good spot, going into the second quarter of the season, I think is big for us. You know, again, we figured out and, and starting to find our identity and we got to just continue to, to build off of that. We talked about catch rate in the past with you, and I know it's something Mike Fury's talked about with you as well. First couple weeks, slow to rise, but now the next two weeks, man, you're killing it in the in the 70-something percent range, and, and the numbers are starting to pop. Are you starting to hit your groove a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Um, again, I try not to look at that too much. You know, I, I know that's something that, that uh, I actually was looking at today, but um, I try not to look at that too much. You know, again, for myself, you know, I try to not to get – too caught up in, in in certain numbers and stuff like that, and, and just to go out there and play and try to impact the game as much as I can, you know. But again, for me, fortunately, over these past couple of weeks, I've been able to to have a very high um, high completion percentage, being able to make some plays, being able to score some touchdowns over the past couple of weeks, you know. And I'm trying to continue to have that, you know, trend trend upward. You're within Reach Foundation, your third annual event coming up on Monday, October 19th. It's got to be COVID-proof, right? So a little different this year, but that connection to Chicago kids and what you've done over the years about education and how meaningful it is, especially in this time, to get these folks as much help as necessary is a big part of what you're doing. It hits you right here, doesn't it? Definitely. You know, again, um, this year has been very different, you know, as this as this event it's a little bit different, you know. Normally, it's a it's a more intimate event, you know, where we have people buy tickets and have people come. You know, we have uh, items auctioned off. We have my teammates there as well. So this year will be a little bit different. But I will say, you know, again, throughout the year of 2020, you know, and COVID and things like that, we've had a ton of support around the city of Chicago, being able to to link with uh, food depositories, you know, giving food to some of the public schools and to, and to some of the public school students, being able to donate masks and things like that, you know. So again, I mean, we've been able to try to to try to do as much as we can in this year, you know, like I said before, even being able to branch out on some things that we normally don't do as far as, you know, being able to deliver food and masks and stuff like that on a regular basis. Typically, we focus on back to school and uh, Christmas events and stuff like that, but we were able to branch out this year, and that was awesome being able to have the support that we had. You're trying to be one of the greats of the game, and one of the greats of the game is going to be on the other side of the field on Thursday night, and his name is Tom Brady wearing a different uniform. It's uh, something that's special. You know, again, I had a chance to have uh, – a couple conversations with Tom Brady's offseason, you know, and I think that just speaking to him, you know, you get what makes him so special, you know, um, his competitive nature, you know, just kind of how he sees the game and things like that, you know, and and um, when you grow up watching Tom Brady and watching, you know, those championship New England teams and stuff like that, you know, to be able to still share the field with him for me in year seven, you know, was, I think, you know, special for not only me, but him, you know, being able to see him still play at a high level at the age of 43, um, just kind of hearing dudes joke around the league, you know, it, Probably will be a little bit different seeing him in a Buccaneers uniform. But again, it'll still be fun and it'll still be special, you know, being able to go against him on Thursday night. Yeah, I would think you have felt the same way when you played it. When you knew there was a Hall of Famer on the other side of the field, it, it kind of it's a it's an important moment for you to be on the same field, Tommy. Or it not. is, it is. But, you know, it, no, it is. It, re, it really is. But the thing about it is, is I was trying to impress the Hall of Famers on our team. 
when <laughs> I would want to be impressed. And so, so that's that was a key ingredient. And you know, and you knew that Hamp was going to develop into a Hall of Famer. That Richard had that possibility. That Mick Michael should be there. That Mike Singletary was going to be a Hall of Famer. You know, so it was about impressing your guys. But when you look at Allen Robinson, you know, we often look at rosters, Jeff, and we always say. Tell me a guy, point out a guy or two that could play 25 years ago or that could play back in the 70s when things and rules were different. Allen Robinson is one of those guys. I don't care what his 40 time is. I care that every game he goes out there, whether it's hot weather, cold weather, early season, midseason, he's ready to play and perform at a high level. A big one for him tomorrow night. Bears and Buccaneers on WBBM starting at 420 with a pregame kickoff at 720. Another segment to go here on Bears All Access. Stick around with Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak. We're brought to you by IGS Energy with producer Adam Stadzinski here on The Score. The Chicago Bears Network presents Inside the Bears, brought to you by Verizon. Anthony Adams and Lawrence Creedon cover the world of Bears football on and off the field every Sunday night at 11.05 p.m. on Fox 32 Chicago or watch anytime at chicagobears.com or on the Bears official app. Jeff and Tom previewing tomorrow's matchup with the Buccaneers. Tom, first things first, the run game. Are you confident? Tampa, 10 consecutive opponents under 100 yards dating back to 2019. you got to go back to Detroit the last time to 11 straight games. That was in 2014. So this is prominent right now. They held both the Chargers and uh, uh, one other team under 50 yards rushing. They don't give up much. Well, rhythm, respond, recovery, all these are <laughs> words. How about redemption? And yeah. I think that's what the offensive line has got to prove to everybody around the NFL landscape that they're deserving of the reputation that they've been striving for since the season began, began and that's being more physical than their opponent. What are you looking to exploit on that defense, given the strength of that front seven, and who are you staying away from? Oh, I'm not staying away from anybody. I'm not trying to avoid anybody out there. I'm going to have a wide, expansive uh, game plan. My whole thought this week, Jeff, is I want the passing game completely vertical. Like I said, if you want to send um, David Montgomery out of the backfield for a nice release route, fine out into the flats. But if I'm going to Darnell, if I'm going to Allen Robinson, if Darnell plays or not, if I'm going to Javon Wims, if I'm going to Anthony Miller, I'm having these guys go vertical. And I'm going to allow the quarterback, the creator, to put the ball in a position like Darnell Mooney did the other day, tracking with the defensive back, with his back to the football, went up and made the catch, that's when I'm the opportunity I'm going to give my offensive players. Right now you heard about it, the points explosion. It's a record 51-plus a game on average this year, most since 1970 merger. There are eight teams averaging 30 points a game or more, including the Buccaneers. Do, they ha- do the Bears have to score that many points to win tomorrow night? Not if the not if the defense holds them to nineteen. You know, I think about it. You know, just that whole effort by the defense against New Indianapolis is forgotten about because they had the two interceptions that were dropped right. by Khalil and Roquan. If you get those, it might be a different story. However, if Tom Brady walks out of Soldier Field only scoring nineteen points and you don't win, then we got issues that we need to talk about going into next week's game. So. 19 would be an unbelievable performance by this by this defense. Where do you think the Bucks will go at Fuller, Screen, or Jalen Johnson with Mike Evans? I mean, obviously he's an outside guy, but you know they can move him around too. What are they What are they going to test here? 
2014, Brandon LaFell lined up on the left-hand side of the offense, and Tom Brady threw him the ball 11 times for 11 completions. Jalen Johnson is going to be the quarterback to his left-hand side. If he feels that he can dominate an opponent, he will be relentless, and he will not fall. He will not take it away. He will just keep going there. So I look at old positioning, and I think of a new game. Tom, we'll talk to you tomorrow night. Thank you. Crucial catch game as well for real Bears fans. Wear pink tomorrow night, 13th season of the shirt campaign in partnership with Advocate Healthcare. You can purchase online at chicagobears.com slash pink for $30 each. Shipped to you or picked up at Bears Fit in Vernon Hills. Proceeds benefit Bears Care. They do a great job, Marge Ham and her crew. Thanks again to Joe. Excuse me. Thanks again to Adam Stadzinski and all the crew. Thanks to our guests tonight and Dan Brilli and Jordan uh, Treadup. I'm Jeff Joniak for Tom Thayer. Saying good night, Joe Ostrowski next here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on ChicagoBears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Miller Lite.